welcome to episode 80 of the Adelan Rising podcast, where your hosts, Saren Lynn and Adam. And in today's episode, we discuss empire. As I try to sound sinister, but I totally fail in that. <laughs> Doing your best Al Ewing impression. I really am, and I just can't do it like he can. <laughs> I would actually really like to hear Benjamin Percy say it. Oh, oh God, God, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> That would be fantastic. So I think this is the first time we've actually discussed current comic books in like the last, what, six months? Uh, well, since basically since C2E2, because that's yeah. when the world went to shit. Right. So <laughs> God, it feels good to have comics back. Oh, it's been 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So let's uh, jump right into the news. The first thing being the most important thing, we are getting variant covers by Alex Ross of Black Bolt and Medusa. Um, They're both going to be on Fantastic Four issues. Um, One is going to be for Fantastic Four number 25, and then the other one is going to be for Fantastic Four antithesis, I can't talk, antithesis. Antithesis. Yeah, say that again. Antithesis. (laughs) Number three. (laughs) Just, just so you know, that's staying in the recording. I'm not getting rid of that. <laughs> no, that that's... is fine. Um, I know it's number three, though. So, um, which we don't know anything about. Ugh. There's nothing on this. And I want to know what it is. But the fact that we're getting those two variants and they're on Fantastic Four is giving me a glimmer of hope. Also, I think we've been getting name drops quite frequently of being humans, haven't we? Oh, yes. Especially in Empire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and not only just the main Inhumans, but we've also had name drops to people that are featured in uh, very small roles uh, way back when. Mm-hmm. Empire is a deep dive yes. into classic Marvel. Conflict. I would expect nothing less from Al Ewing, truthfully. Yeah, I'm going to stress this now. This is probably one of my favorite events, and it was. It had already taken that spot after I re- read uh, Robbie Thompson's uh, primer issue. It was it was just so. I good. would just like to say yeah. that Robbie Thompson and the fact that he only has the one primer issue, like it hurts my soul because Meet the Scrolls <laughs> was so fantastic and his setup for Empire is so fantastic. And the fact that he doesn't yeah. have a series or something, even just from the Meet the Scrolls point of view, that they didn't do a mini series for it, I think discredits to him because he is one just a really cool guy if you're ever at a comic con go say hi to robbie thompson he will talk to you and he is like the coolest guy (laughs) also he wrote silk so there's that it's it's been a long time since we saw the inhumans yes um just because you know we 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 talk about the humans being on the fantastic four covers but it has been a year and eight months since we last (sighs) saw them too long november the 7th 2018 yep in the one event that we do not talk about (laughs) Uh, the event, the event that shall not be named, yeah. right? Oh, but I, I just want to say about the Alex Ross covers too. This they is are beautiful. the first time. It's it's the first time I've seen him draw this version of Black Bolt and Medusa because I you know, you always yeah, see his of... Earth X. Oh yeah, yes. And I always look you know through his the, you know the books and stuff and the Marvels and they're never in there. This is the first time I think he's done this universe, Black Bolt and Medusa. I love it. And I like how his Medusa is because she's like, she's totally giving you like the the shifty eyes, like I'm going to fuck you up. It's kind of great. It's very classic Medusa as yes, well. Yes, that too. Yeah. <laughs> that too. You guys are yeah. way better at, have better words than I do today. <laughs> it's also very but, hot in my room and it's making me cranky. So that could be part of it. But in, interesting. So, so uh, SDCC was meant to be this week and therefore... Comic Con at home this weekend. Yes, in which we had the next big thing panel, which was basically a carbon copy of the C two E two one. Um, yeah, which was you know it, that was in the that was in the good times. That was in the before times. Yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the uh, the only thing new is some Spider Man stuff and the return of a Werewolf by Night series. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, if you're into that, great. Well, he <laughs> no, uh, he, Jenny, I think, he I think up in um, Spider Woman and uh, their buds. So, kind yeah, of, you know. no, it's good. I, I, it, it's nice that Marvel can put something out, and it's nice that uh, nice that DC put something out. It's you know, it, it, SDCC mm-hmm. and Comic Con at home. 
at least it's it's something nice for everyone. Yeah. And I, I I caught a couple of panels from it. I went and saw the um, uh, the New Mutants trailer. Oh, I heard that was good. It was okay. I I'm glad it's getting a trailer. You... I'm glad it's finally getting. Yeah, a I like it. I was going to get it over with and see it already. Yeah, yeah. Right? Did you did you get the Hellstrom? Did you see that one? Apparently, they did something with Hellstrom too. No. Okay. Oh yeah, the show that Marvel took their name off. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the Marvel logo is like nowhere related to Hellstrom. That's interesting. I wonder why. Oh, is it because maybe they did it because it's maybe a little more violent or darker than normal? Well, yeah, but Daredevil. Um, statement on the quality. I don't know. Yeah. But so, talking about Comic-Con at home, there was no Moon Girl cartoon preview. And the there was a huge rumor going around that there was supposed to be one. Oh. <sighs> And that bums me out. I was so looking. That's like the only thing I was really, really looking forward to. Uh, it, it's a right. It's a real shame. Yeah. I'm, I'm I mean, just like really want this show to happen so I can watch it. That would be fantastic. It's tough because there's such a backlog of stuff that's trying to come out. And it just keeps getting pushed back. Thanks, Rona. You suck. So they can't tell us about, <laughs> you know, Fantastic Four Antithesis because it's going to be a spoiler. For probably. Empire. Probably. Well, I'm still intrigued by She-Hulk and Empire, but we'll get to that later. Yes. Ms. Marvel. Let's talk about Ms. Marvel. She starts filming. She in starts November. filming soon. Finally. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Which means we're going to get a casting announcement soon. And we're going to have a show to review. I'm very yes, excited. Yes, we're going to have a, another show, you know, which which uh, which will be good. I can't wait. And I can't wait. I can't wait to, to see. I can't wait for the, the promotional material to start coming. It's just going to be so good. Yeah. And we, we need a little bit Miss Marvel in our lives uh, currently. Um, also, um, with Miss Marvel, going back to comics, we've got Outlawed coming back. I think those have been solicited. And Eviewing writing that. Yes. yes. If I'm is right she, saying. Is she, re- is she writing is really cha- Champions? Yeah. Awesome. Yep. That's exciting. And, uh, very I may pick yes, that her, one up. Her Ms. Marvel Spider-Man team up was amazing. Was awesome. <laughs> Period gate. <laughs> Otherwise known as the issue where Spider-Man gets cramps. <laughs> so great. Brilliant. Uh... But on that note, Empire. Empire. The biggest deep dive into Marvel Cosmic since I'm thinking War of Kings. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it, it's a it's a huge deep dive into the cosmic side of of marvel just so many references to so many different parts and i think uh, i think yeah let's let's go for it let's start let's start the the summary and, and discussion let's start with al ewing's a genius he i think he really <laughs> is the best choice to lead cosmic marvel and this proves it so before we get into it we should probably start with a flashback to fantastic four annual number 18 which was the wedding of black bolt and medusa do we need like flashback music at this point <laughs> like, like a, little, a little harp in the background and a little like wave graphic or something yeah yeah what year was this uh wedding august 1984 okay black bolt and medusa's wedding and we, we need to bring this up because it's important later so we have the trial of the phoenix on the blue area of the moon and all the different races in space send representatives to the trial and the scroll and the Cree send their representatives, Beldan for the Kree and Raxor for the Skrulls. And of course, instead of participating in the trial, they decide they're going to just beat each other up in the parking lot instead, <laughs> which irritates the Watcher. It's like and... Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and so he Capulet grabs them. And... Montego, Montague's. <laughs> so he grabs them and you know calls back to the Skrulls and the Kree, and he's like, hey, you know, can you take care of these guys? They're making a mess. And so they decide that, just inexplicably, that, all right, fine, we'll settle our war by letting these two guys fight it out. And they're fighting basically in the basement of Adelan during Black Bolt Medusa's wedding, and they interrupt the festivities, and the Fantastic Four are there, the Avengers are there, and they all have to intervene, lest Adelan be destroyed in the process of these guys fighting. And the idiots are eventually tricked by the Inhumans and Fantastic Four and Avengers into thinking they work together to defeat everybody. Then they're both declared the winners and they're sent home. Yay! Everyone wins! Yay! <laughs> Score one for teamwork! <laughs> but it's important. It is important. It comes up later. And yeah, this issue is really worth a look if 
only for Medusa and Black Bolt's goofy ass wedding outfits. They are <laughs> truly atrocious. <laughs> they are so bad. It's because Chris Anka wasn't around yet to design yeah. clothing. Or Kevin Wada. Yeah. It's oof. Yeah, and speaking of which, both the Crystal's wedding dresses were ugly too. I really didn't mind her War of Kings one. I, I did I wasn't feeling the scrunchies around the wrists. Okay, I can't I uh, yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Incoming though. So that's not a which, new one. Yeah, that came what out in December? Yeah. Yeah. God, it feels like eighty four years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went back and reread it. And there's you know quite a bit about Empire in there. So like around page fifty four, we get an it basically an intro to Emperor Hulkling. On uh, page seventy two, the murder victim in this murder mystery is revealed to be Bell Dan, and his final message was a warning to his scroll BFF Raxor: "Beware the trees." I wonder if everybody kind of mistook that to being potentially X Men. Potentially, I could see that. But we, so basically we were told the Kutati were the bad guys all the way back in December. Yep. And then we catch up with Raxor just in time for him to be murdered by a tree with the final warning, empires will fall. Dun, dun, dun. That was on page 79. Yes. And our last page is a lovely bit of misdirection with Teddy appearing to be calling for an attack on Earth. But really the moon is more centered in the frame with Earth off to the side. Nice catch. See, artwork, man. If you don't pay attention to the artwork. Yes, and the creative team on this was just everybody at Marvel. Yeah. yeah it, literally there's everyone. so many names that you can't even list them. Yeah, it, I really recommend going back and reading Incoming because there's a whole bunch of stuff in there, even with, like, Fantastic Four versus X-Men. Well, you, you know, it's probably the predictable ending that, okay, Franklin gets to live with his parents, but he still gets to go to Krakoa. And, <laughs> and if you go back and read Incoming... You see that Mr. Sinister is really, really interested in getting Franklin's DNA. That's not concerning at all. Yeah, he's got all the DNA samples he wants except the last one, and that's Franklin. And and Franklin has been a part of um, Hickman's yes, uh, Hickman's previous run on Avengers. Yes, because he was he was a part of the whole uh, Cap going into the future. He guided mm-hmm. Cap through the different different time zones and stuff so that's interesting especially when you go back to house of x powers of 10 and you look at moira's last life where sinister never got his hands on franklin so he wasn't any of those chimeras <laughs> could you imagine him just being a part of every chimera getting into empire road to empire number one the kree scroll war it was written by robbie thompson the arts by matia de Lulis and javier rodriguez lettering by joe caramagna Graphic design by Carlos Lau and cover by Phil Noto. This is a gorgeous issue. Oh my God. It is one of the prettiest books I have ever read. And I mean, once when you when you have those two names on a on a book, you're you know you're in for something really great. It, this is a perfect primer for Empire. It's beautifully written, particularly if you don't want to read hundreds of comics to get caught up on what's going on. Exactly. Because there's so much build up to this. And the background is expertly provided in flashbacks drawn by Javier Rodriguez. Which is which is really good because, of course, he did the history of the Marvel Universe stuff. I think this should be his job. I think he needs to draw all the flashbacks from now on. And then you go like, oh, that's a flashback. Yeah, because, I mean, you've, it, it, at the moment, they tend to use that kind of like classic-y comic book style. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Javier does a, just a, such a good job of this book. He 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 has a very... I feel like he's got a very Kirby influence yes. and like, Oh, definitely. I, I yeah. just, if you need to put him on anything, just do it because it's going to be good. And actually, I, I got the, the history of the Marvel universe in the extra large format. I gotta do that still. It is beautiful. But again, it's one of the stinky ones. Be prepared for the <laughs> funk when you pull the plastic <laughs> off of it. Oh, oh I'm man. still, I'm still recovering from uh, silver surfer. Whoa. Jeez. <laughs> you just, you just open it and you get high as a kite. <laughs> It's like it's like sniffing an entire set of markers. <laughs> yeah, just just a, a hundred pack all in one yeah. go, like wow. proper proper huff in it as well. Uh, anyway, in this one, the Scroll family from the excellent Meet the Scrolls series is in a bit of a spy versus spy with the Cree family, 
which ends in a truce just in time for a message from Emperor Hulkling proclaiming the merging of the Korean Skrull empires. This book, guys, was... Like, I, I, I read this. I mean, I, I'm kind of... Um... I feel like I'm kind of one of those people that's getting a little bit uh, event blind, I guess. I guess that's the nicest way of putting it. And so I was kind of like, do I want to read this book? Do I do I want to commit to Empire? And as soon as I read this book, yes, yes, I'm committing to Empire. It's like it's like Saren said, if if it has Al Ewing on the title, I'm, I'm probably going to at least take a look at it. Um, but I wasn't expecting to go this all in this early. This book was just fantastic. It is. And, you know, there's a whole lot of tie-ins. I really haven't found any that aren't critical to the story. Right. Because I love War of Realms, but there was a lot of tie-ins that were filler and you didn't need yeah. to pick them up. This one so far, I think every you need to pick up each one of these. And in in a way, and um you know, trying to put a, a positive spin on it, I, I think them reducing the line down slightly. Yeah. Um obviously due to Corona, it, it probably has benefited them somewhat. Um and especially for you know for for some of the stories in there, uh, it's a shame that we're not getting them. But I think there was a hell of a lot that was going to go into Empire. Yeah. But like you said, you kind of need to know little bits from each one. Yeah, there, yeah. There's definitely some stuff going through these issues where I had to go look it up because I didn't understand all the deep cuts. Yeah. Like when we get which, to Avengers one, which you know this is where I'm going to plug Marvel Unlimited um, subscription because. You want to if you want to find these deep cuts, that's where it's going to be. So worth the money. All right, let's get into Empire. Avengers Zero. Avengers Zero is, I believe, the first one in the reading order. Uh, written by Al Ewing, art by Pepe Larraz, color by Marte Garcia, lettering by Joe Caramagna. Again, the cover is by Jim Chung and Guru EFX who did the super cute moon girl covers and again, graphic design by Carlos Lau. Carlos Lau has done the graphic design for every one of these. I do particularly like the fact that they are, that Marvel are now calling out graphic design. Mm -hmm. Um, I really quite like that. Um, as a uh, design engineer myself, it's, it's quite nice to see a little respect. Yeah. A little respect. It's great. With the graphic design, I think they're, you're, you're referring to like the, the logo. Logos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is what I thought, but just for anyone who wasn't quite sure. Yeah, because the first time we saw that, I, well, first time I ever saw a graphic design called out was House of X Powers of 10. Yep. Because it was just so complicated. <laughs> there was a lot of graphic design going on in there because we know I, Mr. I, Hickman I think, likes his charts and his diagrams. And, and the, I think I think Hickman actually gave the graphic designer like a book to work from. Yes. And I can't remember the name of the book, but it was just like, yeah, you can tell... It's basically this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, it was on Strike Force too. Okay, so this issue is narrated by Tony, who's having nightmares about the massacre of the Kotati. The next day, the Avengers head to the blue area of the moon in response to a psychic distress call. There, they're reunited with Koi and the Swordsman, and find the Kotati have turned the blue area of the moon into a garden again. After getting Thor to water said garden, they ask the Avengers for help against the combined forces of the Kree and the Skrull Empires, who are approaching along with the Fantastic Four. I am convinced that the blue area of the moon is cursed. Oh, yeah. It just needs to be raised to the ground. Nothing good happens there. It's the Castle Rock of the Marvel Universe. Um, so it was salt. Bullows it, salt the earth. It's a bad place. So here's a question that I just had. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of want to mention it now before I forget it later. But you have some Inhumans that can control plants. Just saying. We do. We do. Jolin, what a jerk. And then you have Emily's uh, <laughs> Synapse's um, uncle. Yeah. So just yeah. keep that in the back of your mind, guys. I don't know. I just have feelings. But it probably has nothing to do with it. It was just me thinking of this right now. Um, we'll I think at this that. point, we need more fire people. That too. <laughs> Let's get Crystal in here. Because Crystal can stop it from growing. Crystal and Inferno back. Uh, no, we need but a Crystal controlled burn. Crystal can can burn and control the soil, so she can keep them from coming up out of the soil. Man, she could probably expel them from the soil. Just get Krakoa to like produce a thousand pyros. <laughs> right, sorted. <laughs> we are sorted. There we uh, go. We'll get to Krakoa in a minute. <laughs> but this issue is yeah. gorgeous. Yes, I mean, just the artwork across the board for everything is gorgeous. But yes, 
And I, I would expect no less from Pepe Larraz. Oh, no. The master of hair. It's like an <laughs> 80s music video all the time in his comic books. There's just wind machines going. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm just thinking big 80s perms, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what was really, really cool is like the, the lens flare and the, that kind of stuff. I love that was the lens flare, cool. especially when they introduce the swordsman. They're like, oh, yeah. here's a swordsman. He's a great guy. Ting. <laughs> as long as that lens flare doesn't come across as like a um like a jj abrams. abrams movie it's fine so long as there's like one le- occasional lens flare and not like 20 of them yeah <laughs> right in one shot yeah so- <laughs> and the colors in this are just phenomenal it is this is just a yes, beautiful really issue are. so talk about the the story for a second um what I really enjoyed, and and as a as a as a fairly technical guy myself, I found it really weird that Tony was the one that was kind of like getting really. I think that was. Ooh, let's run naked in the woods. I think that was supposed <laughs> to be our first clue that something wasn't right. I I mean, if you didn't think so, it wrong was so it was wrong there. Yeah. Then you've been reading the wrong book because <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was the most it was he was the most odd. Uh, selection out of the, that group. He, he had, he was um, like very out of character and. Uh, yes. Yeah. And uh, especially too when we have that Dark Ages event coming up where we yeah. lose electricity. Oh, yeah. There's a preview for that and it went very poorly for Tony if you read the preview. Yes. I have not read that. All right, then I won't ruin it for you because I know how you love Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, for the time being. For the last <laughs> <laughs> he's not on my list yet yeah no, no yeah I, I i think i, I think for empire has like um there's already like two big fuck-ups in empire from from my favorite characters uh, the other one we'll get on to soon but it's kind of a little bit disheartening but it's it's just yeah it's it's quite funny pitting uh carol against tony is getting old yeah carol they was are. right this time she was she, she's right not to trust the triffids <laughs> yeah it feels like she's definitely going to come back to bite everyone's ass later. Uh, if you haven't caught up, we'll get to it in a minute. <laughs> oh, well, move on to Fantastic Four number zero. Let's do it. Yep. This was oh. such a great issue. And look, honest... this is coming from someone who hasn't been able to get into the Fantastic Four at all. Oh, sorry. There was there was one other thing I was going to mention about Empire Avengers yeah. Zero. Is that Tony references um, being sent back in time by Kang. Oh, yeah. Which was a I I, I feel could yeah. be another big deep cut. Yeah. Uh, oh no, this this was reference to him. Um, so Tony being sent back in time to basically see the Katati originally, effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah, in the original fight. But you know what's funny that you yeah, bring that I, up. I, I don't know because the next arc of Captain Marvel has her going forward in time. I have time travel in every book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's time travel is great fun. I think. Um, but sorry, yeah, carrying with the Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Zero. I honestly think this is one of my favorite Fantastic Four issues of all time. It was it was so much that fun. That is how much I love this issue. It's written by Dan Slott, art by R.B. Silva, and Sean, I, I'm going to say Isaacs. I would say Isaacs. I think Isaacs yeah. is right. Yeah. Color by Marte Garcia and Marcio Menez. Lettering by Joe Caramagna. Our lettering superstar. Yep. Cover by Jim Chung and Guru EFX, and graphic design by Carlos Lau. This issue introduces the newest elder of the universe, the Grandmaster's sister, the Profiteer. Oh, I AKA, like her. <laughs> AKA the War Profiteer, who now runs the Casino Cosmico. I love her so much. Uh, she She's all business, and oh my God, does she suck. In the greatest villain way. She is a villain you will love to hate. I love her. <laughs> yeah. She's just the worst. Peace is bad for business, so it's her goal to sabotage the Cree scroll Alliance. We first meet her taking bets on fights between a Cree boy and a Skrull girl, raised to do nothing but fight each other in reenactments of the Cree scroll battles. Then they get fixed up and they fight again. Cosmic dogfighting, but with kids. She is possibly the worst person in the universe. Oh, absolutely. And like, she, she's going to be fun in the future. I can't wait to see more of her, actually. like. And there yeah. were hints at Next Big Thing that she is going to be pivotal going forward. 
And there's also some hints from Dan Slott that two lives are going to be changed forever in an upcoming issue of Fantastic Four. And I'm calling it now. It's because Ben and Alicia have been talking about having kids. I believe they're going to adopt these two little shits, Nicola and Joven. And that's going to be the permanent status quo change. So do you think that uh, Ben is going to leave the Fantastic Four potentially? To be a stay-at-home dad? Who knows? Those kids require a lot of supervision. Yeah, they can't be left unsupervised or they'll kill each other. My God. So uh, stranded Fantastic Four are out in space and they hitch a ride with some space pirates. And it seems the profiteer has been messing with space currency. And in order to pay their way, they have to barter. So Johnny signs Ben up to fight in the arena. (laughs) It's bartering time. It's bartering time. (laughs) Wow. That should be every time he goes into a shop. That should be his uh, <laughs> his new catchphrase. <laughs> I'm not going to pay 100% for anything ever again. It's bartering time. <laughs> and you know, of course, you know, they, they go to the arena and Ben is the one to realize that they're watching a fight with children. I love Ben. I know he, he was going to be the one to figure it out. And I love yeah. how much he already adores them. Oh, yeah. I think I love them just as much as Ben does. <laughs> Yeah, oh god, they're great. Kinda, Those kids are so great. Oh, they're little shitheads, what, it, but they're great. It, it reminded me of like when you have a really unruly dog. Yes. And but yet you still love it. It's just like that's that's what it reminded but me of. But he's so small, exactly. dude, and fluffy. Awful, Look but... at him. Destroy exactly. everything. Oh that's like my dog. Daddy's little world wrecker. Yeah. <laughs> so with some help from Mr. Fantastic, well, Ben and Johnny are in the fighting pit. They reprogram the area to simulate Veldan and Raxor's fight at Black Bull and Medusa's wedding. And, and everyone that's why learns you referenced a... it in the beginning. <laughs> and everybody learns a valuable lesson about teamwork. Yay, teamwork. This issue is just ridiculous fun. It's got great Johnny and Ben moments. It's got hijinks with Valeria and Franklin. Turns out Sue is super good at cheating at gambling. <laughs> and she she literally helps them win the entire casino which is traded back to the profiteer for the two kids there are hints that there is something very special about these kids nicola and joven something the profiteer thinks will end the alliance hmm, hmm. And- see i kind of i kind of think that their relationship will reflect the opposite of what's actually happening yes. in the uh the korea and the skull scroll because at the moment they're literally at each other's necks, but I think that ultimately they're going to become good thre- good friends. Well, especially since they've now been are on their way to being adopted. Do you think that they might be <laughs> replicating the um, the romance or whatever between Marvel and um, what's her name that made Hulkling's parents like a parallel? Possibly, I think they might end up more brother and sister. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd kind of hope if they get adopted, it's more brother-sister. Yeah, I know. And we do get a little more information about them in another issue. Okay. But I would like to thank Tom Brevoort for all the retro footnotes with issue numbers. Oh, God. I wish every comic had that. We need... They used to do it all the time. We need them back. Bring them back, Tom yeah, Brevoort. To if you're listening to this. And then we can challenge Tom. Yeah. <laughs> get your no. note prize. No, Tom, Tom will always <laughs> win. The guy's a walking encyclopedia of Marvel history. Like, he will always win. And uh, if you go through, please find the Mojo Jojo cameo. What's that like? Pay- I, th- I think I think if you read it digitally, it's like page 23, I want to say. He's somewhere in the um, casino. Yes. So that means the Powerpuff <laughs> Girls are MC or a Marvel Universe canon. <laughs> Which is actually really kind of awesome. Moving on to the main series, Empire Number One. Empire. <laughs> Written <Sorry>. by Empire. <laughs> Written by Al Ewing and Dan Slott. The script is by Al Ewing. The artist is Valerio Shidi. Color artist Marte Garcia. Letterer Joe Caramagna. Cover by Jim Chung and Frank Martin. And graphic design by Carlos Lau. This one picks up where Fantastic Four Zero leaves off with the Fantastic Four stumbling upon the Kree Skrull fleet on their way home. While the Fantastic Four are in Teddy's throne room, Carol hails the fleet and tells them to stand down. Teddy explains that the Kotati will be given a chance to surrender, but that the Garn's a threat to the universe. And how does he know that? Because his new buddy has told him. All the heroes think that Teddy has been played for a fool by the 
the Kree and the scrolls and a brief battle ensues where Tony uses Thor's hammer to deliver a virus to Teddy's flagship, shutting down the entire armada, which is just the opening the Katati were looking for. Surprise! They're really the bad guys. And this has bought them some time for the flowering of the Death Blossom, which amplifies Koi's power such that he can control all plant life in the area and things take an immediate turn for the worse. So so this is this is character one, point one of when I started to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> when Empire sort of made me start thinking, oh, I like this guy. Oh, hang on. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not my favorite anymore. It's like... Ghost Quinjet. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Do you know what? It is so ridiculous, but it was so awesome. It, it was. And Ghost Rider being a part of the Avengers team, uh, especially Robbie Reyes' Ghost Rider, is just the best thing. Yeah. Yep. And I also would like to point out that uh, during Death of Captain Marvel, that was like the one she's like, he's already dead. I can't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Oh, so the question is, is Hulkling really the emperor or just a figurehead? Seeing as how the Alliance kind of came first. And how do they even know the Katati plans? There's so many questions. Especially considering there seemed to be a bit of a double cross in there as well. Mm-hmm. I think we find that out in the next issue, though, don't we? Spoilers. <laughs> Let's keep going. But it all blends together so well, it's hard to tell. It right? really does. It, does. it really does. I, I've so, already got my issues confused, but I'm enjoying the whole story. So, yeah, Reed sends the kids home in a shuttle, and they'll be fine. Probably fine. not. They want to go to Disneyland. <laughs> it's it's like the dog in the where there's a fire burning around him. This is fine. It's not fine. There's no way it's going to be fine. <laughs> And I, I did like the little hint halfway through the issue where Koi promises the Avengers a place in their garden forever. Forever yeah. and ever. That's not ominous. No, not at all. Everything is fine. Just just perfect. Don't worry about it. It's Everything's good. It's under control. And then you know, we get the hint from the next big thing panel this weekend about how She-Hulk is going to have there's going to be some ramifications for She-Hulk coming out of this. And in this issue, the swordsman gives Jennifer a hammer inlaid with amber and teaches her Kotati meditation techniques to help calm her rage. Hmm. Kotati gifts seem like a bad idea right now, especially if our Hulk is rageless. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean it, whether you are well, She still a, maintains um... her Hulk form. Yeah. Which is... it, Which puts her back to how she hulk was before but like i feel like if she was completely rageless she wouldn't she would be just jennifer not she hulk does that make do you, does that make sense yeah i think i was about to comment on the fact that um like like you said it kind of puts her to back to her status quo prior to avengers you know whether or not you agree with the way that jason aaron has written her um and is, is kind of sort of rearranged her what's the word like hulks her hulk side She's hulkier now. Well, she's not hulkier anymore, but yeah. And she's getting a one shot after Empire, so yes. and Al Ewing's writing it, so that means you gotta read it, or you're gonna miss something big. She's gonna become the immortal She-Hulk. That's right. I think Al Ewing didn't he not confirm that she definitely died in Secret Empire and then came back? I like think she, she did definitely... confirm that she definitely died. Yes, she definitely died when she took that that hit. But yeah, yeah. so. She's gonna be so, important later, guys. Keep an eye on keep an eye on Shulky. So I uh I know another invasive species that's also growing in the blue area of the moon. Hmm. Hmm. And we have yet to see how the living island is going to fare against the plant people. Yeah. Can Krakoa be controlled by Koi? Yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued by this. I think we've got yeah, we've got the X-Men book on the list of, of items we're gonna go through, but yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued by this, and again, we've kind of had a, a discussion prior to recording this episode, and it's probably totally unrelated. It's probably not important. It's probably just completely, you know, completely coincidence. But it's just the fact that they called out specifically that Krakoa has living portals, yeah. and so do yeah. the Katati and Koi. That makes invasion really easy. 
Absolutely, but I think it's just really interesting that they bloke ha- uh, they, they bloke they both have the same kind of the same kind of thing. Maybe um, it's just something plants do. Who knows? I yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking more that if anything, um, I, I think it's probably going to be largely unrelated. But who knows? Who knows? But you know this this main title goes really fast. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does, and you get the gist of the story if you're going to only choose to read the main title. But I think you need to read the side stories to give it a little more room to breathe. Yeah, and it's it's like like I was saying earlier. I think this one actually, if if you've only got enough cash to do the Empire storyline, then I would probably say do the Empire storyline. If you can go for all the other stuff, absolutely do it. Yeah, agreed. they're genuinely really good books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I don't think I've read an event this good in in some years. Also agreed. Like this is some good shit. I am thoroughly enjoying it. Let's uh, talk about Emperor Hulkling number one. All right. Writers Chip Zdarsky and Anthony Oliveira. Artist Manuel Garcia. Inker is Cam Smith. The color artist is Triona Farrell. Letterer Travis Lanham. Oh. yeah! It's always surprising when there's somebody else. Right? (laughs) It's like double take, huh? What? (laughs) Joe letters everything. And then, oh, hey, Travis, how are you? He's also very good. Cover by Patrick Leeson and Marte Garcia, and graphic designer Carlos Lau. So this one really expands on Teddy's scenes from Incoming. We start out with a brief recap of Teddy's origins. He's the son of Skrull Princess Anel and Captain Marvel, who was Kree. Okay, guys, guys, guys. How is it? I got up to this event, and I did not know that Hulkling's dad was Captain Marvel. Where have you been? Adam. How did I, I not know, I know that? I haven't even read Young Avengers, and I knew that. I don't know why it didn't click. I mean, I know Captain Marvel's like Marvel's family is a bit weird, but it's like I didn't know that Phila Vell was his daughter. Yeah, he's got a bunch of kids. <laughs> Captain Marvel got around. Uh, the fact anyway, that he didn't sorry. have a kid with Carol is just like probably very good, but at the same time, just like he gets around. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, so switching to current events, Teddy meets the unintentional comedy duo of Beldan and Raxor at a gay nightclub who effective, who somewhat effectively ask him to come and be emperor. <laughs> that they were hysterical. Yes, it was. I'm just remembering this just one, like, these I, set of panels. Or, or, you know, they're just really bad at wording things and need to keep reiterating that they're not making romantic overtures to him. <laughs> They just want him so to be good. the emperor. <laughs> it was so good. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think I've read much by Anthony um, Oliviera, mm-hmm. but, but Chip, I have read a lot of, and his humor comes through so well in this. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I just, I just love his writing. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is where we find out that the Katadi are already on the move, which explains the Kree Scroll Alliance. Uh, at the club, they're attacked by Skrull religious fanatics who stand down after Teddy summons the Star Sword. Then, after he returns home, he's re- reunited with Wiccan, who's been hanging around with Strike Force. When Wiccan sees him off to the Kree Skrull ship and enchants Teddy's engagement ring as a homing beacon for teleportation before going back home. Then they're attacked by Kree zealots that are repelled, but <laughs> they all escape. And the Kree are really unimpressed with that. They imply that. His human fiance makes him weak, so Teddy's forced to renounce his relationship with Wiccan, but not really. And Wiccan returns home to wait for his return. I think that entire kind of that entire conversation with that was really sad when he had to go through that. But then he was like, "Oh, you cross your fingers, yeah. right?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah. of course, of course, it is." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've never read Young Avengers. I haven't either. I have it. I, I know. I need to go have... back and read it. I know. I have the omnibus sitting on my bookshelf, and it's still in its Saran wrap. I haven't read it, but I have it. And now I'm ashamed of myself. But he is a good boy. <laughs> nothing better happened to him. No, nothing better happened to him. And also, despite the fact that neither Lynn and I have read Young Avengers, we knew Marvel was Teddy's dad. That's true. I'm not gonna let yeah. you forget this, Adam. <laughs> hey, hey, come on. I didn't know that Phil Avell up until up until this year, I didn't know that Phil Avell, who shares the same name. <laughs> Was was Captain Marvel's daughter? Literally the same last name. There are two fellows. Literally the same name. Excellent sixth universe now, by the way. 
I, I know, but like, yeah. it just it was just a fact that I did not know, and I'd never fi- never never chose to figure that out. Um, I think it's just ignorance on my part, to be honest with you. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's anyway, good. it's good to know that family trees. But they are an adorable couple. I love Wiccan too. I love them so much. Is we're good at this space stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they better get married. They're engaged, aren't they? Yes. Good. They are now. Yes. Yeah. I want their they wedding to happen. Get to being married. And I hope their wedding isn't crashed by a villain. I hope they have a wedding like Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, where it's like think, a normal wedding. I think Mr. Fantastic needs to be invited to all weddings in the future so that he can use his little time bubble. Yeah. Yes. So that he made or, for or Ben get, and Alicia. Or they get like some some mutant inhuman Howard person that can manipulate time. Like Reader? Like Reader, like um, Tempest, like uh, any of them. I miss Reader. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, but there are hints in this one that something shady is going on because it's, in fact, Tanalith the Pursuer who ordered the attack on Teddy in the nightclub. Yeah, I always thought yep. she was shady. From the, from, from the first introduction of her, I was like, oh no, there's something shady going on. And, and she was the one I was referencing earlier um, in the episode. Gotcha. Coloring in this issue gorgeous i mean i would expect nothing less from triana farrell just saying especially the flashback the flashback was beautiful and then the colors in the nightclub all the rainbow colors it was beautiful do you, do you know do you know what I, I i i don't know if aliens um use the word twink maybe they just picked it up from being around <laughs> earthlings too much maybe they've been on twitter I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's been confirmed that in the in Spider Woman in the Alien Hospital that you can get Earth TV. So I'm there sure they'll probably see some Earth TV to learn about how humans function. And this word has and they have access to Earth Wi Fi. They liked it enough yeah. that they adopted it for themselves. Oh, I just, I just, I just think um, Chip just writes incredibly well I, I i do love his writing i think at this point he's one of those people where i'd actually follow him for a creator as opposed to the characters that he writes um particularly with like sex criminals with uh four you know fantastic four x-men uh, crossover um marvel two in one they're all fantastic books and sign up for his newsletter yes yes it is so much fun it is an excellent you know, apparently he did a um quiz the other night as a part of, uh, I don't know, as a part of Comic Con at home, but it just happens to be very similar to all time. And he asked a question, Uh-oh. having during reason during reading the question, he realised that he actually gave the answer as a part of a previous question. <laughs> and I was just like, that's just so on brand for him, just totally on brand. Yeah. <laughs> when I heard about, it, I just I just cracked up. Anyway, Empire Two. Empire Two, oh, written by good. Al Ewing and Dan Slott. Script by Al Ewing, artist Valerio Shidi, color artist Marte Garcia, lettering by Joe Caramagna, cover Jim Chung and Frank Martin, and graphic designer Carlos Lau. So the Kotati quickly overpower the Avengers, and Koi gets to monologuing. Does, don't villains know that monologuing it, leads to their downfall? It's time for the airing of cosmic grievances. <laughs> it, oh, it's Festivus. it it seems the avengers including his mom were wrong to leave him alone with the swordsman for extended periods of time you need to remember he's not really the swordsman do we want to remind people who his mother is his mother is mantis the celestial madonna okay who went off to do her own thing And, and that book was actually referenced as a part of the reading material again deep cuts here yep so, the swordsman. He's really the eldest Kotati in possession of the swordsman's memories and appearance, who has filled Koi's head with plans of revenge. So, in this issue, we learned that the magical energy of Teddy's sword, the Sword of Space, dun, dun, dun. can disrupt Kotati influence. Carol's able to absorb that energy, and she sends it out to destroy all the Kotati on T- Teddy's flagship. For her bravery, she's offered a place in the Kree Accuser Corps. And it's given the hammer of Ronan the Accuser. Which actually responds to her, and it did not respond to Talonath, which was interesting. Because she's a jerk. And the issue ends with an ominous comment about the coming of the pyre. 
the death of a world at the hands of the emperor. We have made a terrible mistake. Yeah, the so Avengers. We have, <laughs> I, so that's basically the, the reaction of the Avengers when the uh, Katati switch sides. Oh, no. I think at this point, that needs to be Tony Stark's catchphrase. <laughs> I've made Here's a the thing. Mistake. I was very afraid this whole thing was going to be Fantastic Four versus Avengers, but it as a vampire number two, maybe not. It was never advertised as that. It was always advertised as an Avengers Fantastic Four event. So I think it's just a case of we're going to get everybody in on this. It's it's just a it's just a line wide thing. Yep. Although I have to say that whole scene with Carol and Teddy was just badass. I love that because yes. this issue was like um, narrated a good part by Carol, which is pretty cool. It looks like uh, both Teddy and Coy have been manipulated by the people around them. Hmm. It's just getting definitely, interesting. Definitely. I think Teddy's a little too trusting. He is. He is. I, I think, so I think te- Teddy, Teddy's never going to get given the full picture due to the fact that it's like we said, you know, a couple of minutes ago that he's just a figurehead of an alliance. Yeah. I don't think he's going to stand for that very long, though. No. He's going to get mad. And uh, Swordsman is uh, going to get his handed to him at some point because do we think mom is on the way home? She's on the way home because she's on some covers. I, I just want to note that I, I am still bitter about Ronan's death. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to Empire Avengers number one. Gosh, the writers... so many comics. Yes. God, yeah. I've missed it. Anyway, let's keep going. Writers are Jim. Writer is Jim Zub. The artist is Carlos Magno. The color artist is Espen Grundentjern. Letterer Corey Petit. Cover oh, by. Oh, hi Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Covered by Steve McNiven and Maury Hollowell and graphic designer Carlos Lau. This one is mostly action, but the main takeaway is that the Katati have taken over the Savage Land and are attacking, also attacking New York. So I'd say the first three quarters of this are action in New York, which is really an yep. Avengers Assemble story. We got Cap, Black Panther, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Iron Man, Dr. Voodoo. Kazar, possibly Okoye. She's Adora Milaje. She, I don't think she's ever named. Vision. It's, 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 it's his Black Panthers and Agents of Wakanda people. That's who it is. So it is yeah, Okoye. But they don't name the specific woman who's standing there. There's only one. Um, okay. I think, it would be, I think it's safe to assume it's Okoye. Yeah. Uh, Vision, Mockingbird, The Black Knight, Dr. Nemesis, Luke Cage, and Wonder Man. So can everybody's we, there. Can we talk about how how great it was to see Mockingbird kind of Smackdown feature a little bit because I It was great that. to just see Mockingbird. Yeah, I love Bobby. Yeah. Bobby's a badass. And uh But also also Doctor Nemesis. Like where'd they get him from? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And, well, no, I mean Doctor Nemesis, the last time I, I think I saw him was um in uh I think the IVX x-men stories if not it'll be before that in like cable and x-force and the x-force so run that, this is um, probably what al ewing said he was like get the most obscure characters you can find and put them on your team <laughs> i think um i think the majority of this team is uh is basically the same as uh, i want to say hickman's avengers run bar maybe dr nemesis bar okoye or uh the dora milaje and uh and the black knight i think the majority of those were on hickman's Hickman's teams. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm. I'm actually kind of glad to see the Black Knight brought out to play because it'll be. Oh, but he's. He seems to be brought back for uh, for other reasons as well. Uh, I think I read uh, like in uh, in Marvel 1000 last year. Like, um, yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, story in that. He's an interesting character. I think he's fun. I I, I hope he's back more permanently. I've always kind of liked him. Um. Not only they have a man thing now, and Shayna. Yep. Which this this does not bode well for Krakoa at this point because we have a Krakoa gate in the Savage Land, and you know, Ooh. yeah, oh, <laughs> and uh, if you're not up on Kazar and Shayna, Shayna has been resurrected. If you read Savage Wolverine one through five, you can get that story, and her life force is now tied to the life force of the Savage Land. So logically, if the Katari have infested the Savage Land. Shayna could be under their control as well. Oh, that's not good. That is not good at all. I will. I will highly recommend that Savage Wolverine run. Um, if you, if I mean, you know, if you can, if you're okay with Frank Cho's drawing and his uh, his artwork, then it's it's a good book. 
Um, I think he wrote it as well, which is which is quite good. Uh, definitely recommend that one for the story. Um, going back to Man Thing, there was an Iron Man Thing variant cover out there. You heard me right, Iron Man <laughs> Thing. Go find it. Yep, it I need amazing. to find that. Oh my god, it is amazing. It's Iron Man Thing. I mean, just just the way it flows <laughs> is so wonderful. <laughs> it just trips off the tongue. It, it does Iron Man thing, and Man and thing. It's, it's Man thing in an Iron Man suit. It's great. Unlike Cree and Skrull, which I've been tripping over the entire episode. I, I think they need a relationship name. Maybe they should be the Scree now. Yeah, Scree or the uh, or the Krulls or the no or the Creels. Scree is more integrative, I think, because you've got the first three letters of Skrull, and you've got the whole word Cree in there. So and we don't want any connection to the crawl movie. Exactly. I have no idea what you're talking about, so that's good. <laughs> it's good that you don't know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's an 80s fantasy movie. And not the good time like legend. Say no more. The only comment I have on uh, Empire Avengers 1 is... So I didn't enjoy the art in this book quite as much as I've enjoyed it up to now. You know, I think we've just been treated so much to amazing artwork that any small change you're going to notice, so... Uh, but it's 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 still great though. Okay, Fantastic Four twenty one. This one this is one that's actually you know a tie in that's part of the series, but okay. still critical has some critical information in it. So the writer is Dan Slott, artist Paco Medina with Sean Isaacs, I- color artist Marcio Menez with Eric Arseniega, letterer Joe Caramagna, cover Nick Bradshaw and John Rauch. And graphic designer Carlos Lau. So in Fantastic Four 21, we get a little more of the history of Joe Venn and Nicola, otherwise known as the Cree Chronicle of Blood and the Requiem of the Shapeless Soul. That's not ominous. They are the living <laughs> embodiments of their people's history. And these kids seem pretty treasured when they're introduced. So how the heck did they end up in a fighting pit? On their way back to Yancey Street, the kids attract the attention of the Cree priests of Pama, who protected the Katadi from extinction, and they summon the Dark Harvest, priests intent on sacrificing Joven and Nakala. So immediately upon arriving back home, the two little hooligans start brawling in the street, while a panicked Val, Franklin, Alicia, and Skye try to break it up. Former Fantastic Four members Spider-Man and Wolverine arrive to help, and they end up doing the exact opposite as Wolverine stabs Nicola while she's in tiger form, and this time oh, she, Logan. she... Think before you snicked. <laughs> yeah. And this time there is no medical stasis pod to save her. So this is this is part two of my reasons why they're ruining <laughs> all my favorite characters. <laughs> you know, I, 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 um, I like the fact that Wolverine was in this. I like the fact that Spider-Man was in this. I love the to and fro between those two. Uh, I think Dan Slott writes them very very well um but yeah christ you know he's gonna take it hard because he loves kids yeah yeah and it's like that's gonna kill him oh oh, oh, logan Uh, and speaking of killing these kids are used to being able to murder each other during fights so their actions actually having consequences is going to be a learning experience for them so ben's going to be such a good dad to these kids right and he's practically invulnerable so he can pull them apart no problem (laughs) <laughs> and and it's a much needed consequence like learning experience mm-hmm. so but just going back to the fantastic four zero i love how much he loves them <laughs> he's like these are my children now and if you harm them oh I'm my afraid. goodness they are so cute listen to them they're like little chipmunks angry <laughs> angry little chipmunks they <laughs> are hysterical kill each other, little chipmunks. when they're not, you're not murdering actively murdering each other so uh are they going to meet Moon Girl? I sure hope so. She's got a lot <laughs> of experience you, with cranky little imagine? Cree boys. Well, could, you, could you imagine that, though? Oh. I, I can't wait if she does. She's going to have She's not going to put up with their nonsense. Oh, no, she's not. Nope. Moonella has a very low tolerance for anyone's BS. <laughs> and um, I think she would actually be very good for them. <laughs> she'd look at them and she'd be like, uh, no. No. Uh, no, and yeah, I, I've been thinking about how the kids got to the fighting pit and when they're introduced you can see that they're being basically being downloaded with the memories of their entire race so it's just all the resentment and the hatred against each other are in these two little kids 
And in order to have an alliance, maybe they weren't wanted around anymore. That's a good point, actually. I hadn't thought about that. And so they were given away, which would really mm. be awful. But also really in more, character really. for the Kree and the Skrulls. Yes, yeah. And it's going to be up to the Fantastic Four to teach them how to coexist. <laughs> because as we know, they are Marvel's first family. Well, That's if right. anyone can do it, Ben Grin can. That's right. Yes, yeah. Because who has a bigger heart than Ben Grimm? Nobody. Last one. Empire X-Men number one. Writers are Jonathan Hickman and Teeny Howard. The artist is Matteo Bufagni. Color artist, Nolan Woodward. Letterer, Clayton Cowles. Cover by Mike McCone and Chris O'Halloran. Anne Rude is also credited. I think she might have done a alternate cover. And designed by Tom Mueller. This issue is nuts. An issue with a teleportation portal tips the X-Men off that something's wrong on Genosha. In a ridiculous coincidence, Scarlet Witch has inexplicably attempted to resurrect all the dead mutants of Genosha, just as the island is invaded by Katati. So now it's alien plants versus mutant zombies, and the X-Men are caught in the middle. Fun fact, zombie mutants still have mutant DNA, so they can go through Krakoa portals. And who arrives to save the day? Those ghastly golden girls. Horticulture. I do not understand Wanda's logic here. Mutants can resurrect now. Wanda, babe, they'll get. Chuck will get around to it eventually, maybe if he feels you're important enough. This this entire story felt like Jonathan Hickman and Teeny Howard were smoking the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know they were. Like, like I mean, they they oh, plants versus zombies. You know oh. how this happened. They were probably on their X Slack. If you follow on, there is an X Men Slack for all the X Men creators. And they also have Zoom meetings. And I guarantee you, at some point, Teeny Howard goes, Plants vs. Zombies, but X-Men. <laughs> you know, it, let's it, take, this is let's 100% take an already... the brainchild of Teeny. And Jonathan Hickman went, fuck yes, let's do it. And that's I, how this, I, episode I, happened, or this issue happened. Yeah, I, I just kind of feel like, yeah, I, I need whatever they were smoking. Genosha is a silly place. Yes, it is. So is Wanda banned from Krakoa? Oh, she's not a mutant anymore, right? Yeah, she's, she's not, not a mutant. A mutant. Therefore, she, she is a fish, every band like everybody else. But okay. she's especially hated. Right. Okay. The pretender. Poor Wanda. Poor Wanda. Okay. So, so there is a Katati named Rutabaga. <laughs> which, which, okay. For, for That was the best part of the whole issue. <laughs> absolutely was the best part. But for anybody who's listening who may be from the USA, uh, in, in the UK, a rutabaga is called a Swede because uh, because they were referred to as a Swedish turnip, which um, which is, I mean, it's accurate, but it's just the fact that you guys kind of took the name from Swedish. Yes. But we were like, no, nah, it's, it's a Swedish turnip. Yeah. So we're shortened that to Swede. <laughs> language, everybody, language. It was the greatest bit, though. Oh, my gosh. And calling Black Tom Cassidy groundskeeper Willie, especially yeah. when he's Irish, <laughs> not Scottish. That, that was another thing that bugged me because they <laughs> they used they used Scottish slang for him, and I'm like, he's not Scottish. He's not Scottish. So you could get um, like a cheat sheet by now for proper slang terms for different accents. You'd hope so. I mean, Irish and Scottish, you'd, yeah. you'd, you'd argue that they're, they're quite close, but they're really not. They're, they're, they're really, really not. Really not. But it sold the Groundskeeper Willie joke a little better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in this one, we learned that the Katati can affect Krakoa because the Katati were choking off the gate, which does not bode well for the X-Men or anyone else, really, because Krakoa is everywhere now. Is it on Adelan? Is it on New Adelan? Do we know? It's on the moon. It's only in places... Well, technically... Uh, okay, I... I'm going to correct myself. It's only in places that recognize the sovereignty of Krakoa. So does Adel does New so, Adelaide do that? Uh, Adelaide is not part of the list. Also not on the list is Wakanda, Latveria, and Atlantis. So interesting about um, that's interesting about New Adelaide because they're their own. Well, they it's do. not interesting at all. It's to be expected. They don't want them there. <laughs> but it's um, Krakoa do have portals on the moon and on Mars. Um, because they go to the garden on Mars. Yep. Um, 
but yeah, so so basically there is a mutant presence on the moon because that's where Scott Summers puts his house. Yep. Yeah, the humans aren't there anymore. We'll just go live there. Interesting. Hmm. But I, I think I think without Teenie Howard's influence on this issue, it would not have been. I don't as think funny. it would have been anywhere. Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I don't think it would have been as good. It wouldn't have been as funny. It wouldn't have been as. Uh, I, I don't think it would have got me as hooked as much. I think Hickman probably wrote certain characters, and I imagine that Teeny took some others. But uh, yeah. But yeah, Hickman's really good at the high concept sci-fi stuff. Yeah, as opposed to the wacky kind of hijinks. Yeah, which you can't stuff. get in Excalibur. Which is um, Teeny's really good at. Teeny is very much a, um, a a people writer, and Hickman is much more the high level stuff. Ideas. You, yeah. Yeah, ideas, because you will see an awful lot of people that say say that basically Hickman's story, stories in the multiple are basically the same format. They do one thing in like the first, he does one thing in like the first five issues, and then he sees how long he can stretch it. And then uh, in the final, <laughs> the final issue, it basically all wraps up from the stuff that you introduced in the first issue. So, you know. Ickman is great. He's a fantastic writer, but I'm so glad the X Men have got such a wide variety of other other writers on this. I mean, that's that's Empire up to now. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of issues. It <laughs> is. Like we literally went from nothing to like a bomb of comics, which is not bad. Very good. It is, yeah. And I I've, I think Empire. I think, like I said at the start of this this issue, uh, this episode, that it is going to be. It was likely to be one of my favorite um, events. I am so on board for this. I'm going to go and put an eBay order in for the next few weeks. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for this. Oh, yeah. I am also very much on board. But I think, um, what's uh, what's next on the list for Empire? A lot. <laughs> so much. Let's see. I mean, Basically, yeah. Pull up the list here. I think I might have an old one that has some of the canceled titles. Coming up, we've got the tie-ins with Captain Marvel. Oh, that's this Wednesday. Yes, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> we, we meet uh, we meet Carol's sister L'Oreal because she's worth it. And my really bad joke. Sorry, everyone's made that joke about her sister, but that's okay. I'm very excited. But we know she has good hair. Yes. And uh, so Teddy had his Lords of Empire title. Now it's time for the Celestial Messiah to get his. Oh yeah, I'm gonna have to read that too. Yep. Just, well, everybody's getting their Empire tie-in, it looks like. We got Thor, Captain America. Storm Ranger got cancelled. Yep. I think I did the Captain America title get cancelled as well. Yeah. Is that still all coming? I don't know. I don't it know. I, don't... I know. It's <laughs> the old list. The Captain America one-shot, I think, did, but that series is going to wrap up. I know um, they're they're working on wrapping the series up, but I don't know about the tie-in. Yeah. I think whatever comes next is going to be really good, and I'm I can't wait for it. Um, yeah, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I think it's a wait and see. I, I think if you've enjoyed it, carry on with it. Um, I think we're in for a, a really good ride. Al Ewing is doing a great job um, of guiding sort of Marvel cosmic stuff. I'm kind of glad that he's moving away from the traditional and he's going a bit more weird because I think the cosmic side of things has had to do that, and I think we need that just to kind of rejuvenate it a little bit um but yeah i, I we should be reading his guardians that's, that's pretty much it, galaxy as well yeah his guardian his guardians runs great um and i think uh i think we're immortal in for hulk. a really fun ride for the next few weeks oh immortal hulk's been amazing amazing <laughs> and that's and that's already going to an omnibus i think oh yeah so you know it shows it shows the quality of it he, he made characters scary that i never would have thought were scary before <laughs> yeah I I agree with that. Like yeah. he's just a brilliant writer, and I'm very glad Marvel has him. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm sorry, Zemnu. Yeah. Zemnu is terrifying in that series. <laughs> he's just like a big abominable snowman like thing, and he makes him terrifying. I did not like that issue. That was that was that was too much for me. He warned us. He warned us at C two E two that it was going to be uh, gross and scary, and it certainly was. At least he gave us a warning. It's it's nice that Marvel are embracing that kind of thing now a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's really good. But so um so we've been sitting on some questions from listeners for a little while. <laughs> I say a little while, I think it's basically since the C two E two episode. So apologies in the delay in getting this to you, but um 
Lynn, do you want to take the question? Okay, our question is, do you think the new story arc of the champions will be good? That would be the outlawed story arc. Or is Ms. Marvel better on her own? It's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be excellent. <laughs> I think uh, I think the champions are in amazing hands with uh, with Eve Ewing. Absolutely. Um, it's got to be good if it's got Eve Ewing. Yeah, exactly. Has- her three-issue run on... So her issues with uh, Miss Marvel and Spider-Man back in uh, Marvel Team-Up were super. They were really good. Um, and her Ironheart issues were, like, perfect. Um, so, yes, I think it's going to be very, very good. I second that. I second... I third it, and... Uh... Not that you shouldn't read Miss Marvel on her own, because Saladin Ahmed has been knocking it out of the park. But read both. And it is an interesting storyline. I think so. Everyone thought it was going to be, oh, it's Civil War, but with the kids. And I'm like, no, I think this is going to be a lot different. How did Eve describe it at C2E2? I can't even remember. Neither can I. But I mean, I think it's definitely going to be unique. Put it that way. Right. Because you have these kids who are now basically illegal. They're outlawed because they're not supposed to be superheroing and it's to keep them safe. But they're not going to... Of course, they're not going to follow the rules of course not but (laughs) the kids (laughs) right but like i forget she had this whole explanation for it and it was so good and i can't remember what she had said and it upsets me but it's it's gonna be it's the adults trying to keep the kids safe and the kids are like screw you we've done some good work here and we're gonna continue to do it anyway sort of and um the the organization i think I have to point this out because the organization that um, oversees all the the kid heroes is called Cradle. And I forget what that acronym stands for, but I think it's funny. And I really like it. Kind of insulting. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I can can see why they're pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. Even even as a, a cranky old person who sees where the adults are coming from, I'm like, wow, that's kind of rude. Mm hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't but, disagree. Uh, yeah, no. I, so I think we're going to send a little bit of swag That's right. out to the uh, the listener. That's right. We have a signed issue of the first appearance of Amulet in Ms. Marvel. Nice. And we will uh, throw in some extra swag just to make up for the very long wait. <laughs> yeah, the three months wait. <laughs> or maybe even four, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so... Generally, if you if you want to get hold of us, want to get into contact with us, we do stuff like this a lot of the time. So send us a message, send us a, an email. Um, our Twitter Twitter handle is at atalanrising one, and our email is the show atalanrising I think that we've come to the end of our kind of first Empire review <laughs> episode, which is a bit of a bumper jam packed episode. So thank you very much for sticking with us and. Um, We shall catch you next time. Bye. Bye.